We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events, the list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the DFS Picks on Rotobrenners. I'm Eric Crane, and I am joined, as I always am, we got John Dagle, we got Rich Rebar. Let's start out with Dagle. What's up, Dagle? How are we doing today? Actually not doing too well. I feel genuinely bad because I owe you, I owe Reeves, I owe the great people of the Pick 6 an apology. Like last week, y'all did y'all's parts. Two thirds of the founding crew of Pick 6 came back strong. But here I am not pulling my weight. So I need to get better and we start doing that right now. Hey man, I can appreciate that. It's like, oh, look at him. Oh, he's got the jug. We got freaking Silva Jr. over here. All you gotta do is- I can't do more than that though. I understand. All you got to do now is just be six foot six and uh, threaten to murder people while playing football. Also joining us, <laughs> Reeves. What's up, Reeves? How we doing? We're doing real good. You know, I was able to open up the flower of life properly and find the real wave conjugations that we've been looking for for 10,000 years last week. And that flower told me, Kyle Allen Cash, baby. <laughs> we hit. You, you, we heard it, man, on Wednesday. I tried to sell you guys on it. Got it. You guys laughed me off. And then what? where are we now? Where are we on, on the Wednesday afterwards? We're, we're, we're to Danny Dimes in cash now. That's where we're at. <laughs> like, we've, we've come full circle. Like, which rookie quarterback are we going to play in cash games that's, uh, you know, cheap? I understand. But, yeah, Kyle Allen, he got it done, man. And, like, how bad does Cam Newton look when Kyle Allen just destroys it like that? It's It's – I can't even begin to explain. And by the way, as we know, the better he does, the longer Cam Newton is just stays off the field. If he comes back, I don't think he comes back. What was the name of that uh, injury they said he had? Because that did not sound like a real thing to me. It's Liz Frank injury. Yeah, that's not a real injury. That's that's that's, that's just made up. That's that Tim Duncan life, man. You know about that Tim Duncan? <laughs> yeah, you're living the Tim Duncan life, hanging out in the Virgin Islands and, uh, you know, playing ball whenever you want. And he's an MMA. Did you know Tim Duncan's an MMA fighter now? Really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Tim Duncan's like fighting in MMA now. Like not like big time or anything, but he's doing some MMA training. And when he honestly, can be an option on DraftKings, then call me. Dude, Tim Duncan's he's gonna be like three dollars on DraftKings. <laughs> he's good. It's not gonna go well if you're rostering, you know, Timmy Buckets there. But anyways, of course, we're gonna talk some football on this show. And uh it's great to have you guys checking us out. Let's go ahead and jump right into this slate. And you know, guys, when I was starting to research this slate, I was looking at the games to talk about, and I could not think of a single reason to want to talk or to pay attention to our first game if it wasn't for fantasy football. But it's Washington at the Giants, a 49-point total. The Giants are three-point favorites at home. Reeves, if it weren't for fantasy, would you watch this game? 
No, not a chance. I mean, but uh, but this is what these are the kind of games too that make slates fun for fantasy football because you know it's it's got two teams that objectively no one has real rooting interest in. Uh, that unless you're a fan of those teams, no one would ever watch this game. Uh, but you know it's got two teams that have just objectively terrible defenses, uh, and you know fun cheap guys that are really never expensive outside of really Evan Ingram. So I mean, it's a, a lot of players that are fun to play. There could be a lot of points in this game. I mean, it could also just be, you know, just a disaster, too, whenever you have one of these games that we circle. You know, it could end up being a game where Case Keenum throws three interceptions. It looks like he did on Monday night. Or, you know, we get the, the, the regression, bad version of Daniel Jones. If there is even a bad version of Daniel Jones. He might be the greatest. He, he, I mean, put him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, my, my son's a huge Giants fan, and, you know, he ran around the house all weekend. Uh, he was sad that, you know, the, the rising of Daniel Jones came at the fall of Saquon Barkley, but, you know, he was able to get, he was able to get through, uh, you know, I mean, when you look at Daniel Jones too, and we always thought that there was a, a ceiling range of outcomes for him, you know, he's, he's mobile, uh, you know, we saw him have the two rushing touchdowns, add a little Konami factor, but I think the, what you saw from him is the reasons why they had to make that switch and they and why they, you should be grateful that they made it so early in the season. It's because, one, you get the mobility factor. We saw him have the RPO for a touchdown. But then, two, the the, the willingness to hang in the pocket under pressure and, and push the ball vertically downfield. It's just something – just Eli, you know, and I'm not going to – you know, we're not going to turn this into a dump on Eli Fest. But, you know, just th- that's what his game has been lacking the first, you know, for the last few years. I mean, Daniel Jones was under pressure 47% of his dropbacks last week. It was the fourth highest. On those dropbacks, he completed 12 of 15 passes for 233 yards and two touchdowns. He had a perfect quarterback rating under pressure. Through two weeks this season, Eli Manning had a 59.2 quarterback rating under pressure. Eli Manning threw 12% of his passes 15 yards or further downfield through two weeks. 23% of Daniel Jones passes, vertical, 15 yards or further downfield, all those deep shots. You inject life into an offense when you have the mobility and a guy that's willing to just stand down the face of a defense because – Pressure was coming all game at him, and he stood there and just took shot after shot downfield um, and was hitting those shots. So, I mean, he's got another good matchup on deck against the Washington defense uh, that is basically – they gave up three passing touchdowns to Mitchell Trubisky last week. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it, I mean, Daniel Jones is going to be in play once again in a fall performance. Now, he's going to be a little more popular this week, you know, a little point chasing. But, uh, you know, he's interjecting life now into an offense that – we just kind of were ho-hum about. Yeah, and you mentioned like the price tag at 5.3K. FanDuel, he's more expensive, I think, 7-2 over there. But 5.3 over in DK, and like, Dago, I look at this guy, and I'm like, I feel kind of like really dumb for wanting to play Daniel Jones this week, but here we are. I mean, the team totals nearly four touchdowns. He's cheap. It's not like they're going to run it down their throats with Wayne Gallman and Elijah Penny. Like, Dago, where do you stand with Daniel Jones? Yeah, it's a telling sign and good for the Giants offense. Oh, wait, I got to carry my weight again. One second. (laughs) That's too good. How many props do you have over there today? You're going to find out. Uh, (laughs) So it's a telling sign that the Washington Redskins are actually implied to score 23 points. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's the Washington Redskins. 23 points is their Super Bowl. And the Giants always get touted as the team allowing the most points, fantasy points per game, to wide receivers. Washington's number two on that list. This has game screams shootout whether Case Keenum plays or not. So you can go back to Evan Ingram. You can go back to Sterling Shepard, who led the Giants in target share with Daniel Jones under center. Like, there's a lot of volume to be had on both sides of the ball. And the fact Saquon Barkley's not playing, I think it's actually good because we know what Wayne Gallman is. And that's the least sexiest player you want to play in DFS ever. That only heightens the Giants passing game, which then gets them all involved downfield as opposed to just running the ball directly into their offensive line every time. Yeah, you mentioned Wayne Gallman, and from a tournament standpoint, I think it's really interesting. Cash games, look, you're just playing Gallman. If it works out, great. If not, that's okay, because he's going to be 90% owned. But in tournaments, Reeves, I'm looking at a guy right now that's going to be about 40% owned. And, dude, I don't – like, it's Wednesday. I'm not making any snap decisions on Gallman yet, but my gut is telling me to fade him in tournaments. Where do you stand on Gallman, Reeves? Yeah, I think you laid it out. I mean, you you swallow you swallow the cash chalk, and you play him, especially in a DK where – he's cheaper and you get the full PPR points. I mean, he is a guy that his rookie season, he caught 34 passes. He has some passing game ability. So, I mean, you get a little bit of juice there for a floor, whereas in FanDuel, you might not have as strong as a floor if you don't get a touchdown, which we can't really count on. 
Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I think that's the play. You don't have to play them in tournaments. Obviously, I mean, you could, I mean, <laughs> you can play either running back on the Washington side, which is crazy. Uh, they, they both are intriguing options. I mean, Chris Thompson's had double digit PPR points in all three games. He's fourth among running backs and receiving points on the season. Uh, you know, the, the ghost of Adrian Peterson, actually, this is probably like objectively is the best matchup he'll, he may have for the whole season while he's filling in. I mean, he's, he's not a guy you want to play in DFS by any means, but I mean, we know the goal line job is his. The Giants are currently 27th in rushing yards allowed to opposing backfields. They just allowed 130 rushing yards to the Buccaneers backfield uh, a week ago. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, I look at the ancillary pieces of this game, and, and they scream out more fun than me. We know Evan Ingram is going to be popular. We know Terry McLaurin is going to be popular. The Giants have allowed the most points to wide receiver one so far in the season. We know even Sterling Shepard's going to have some ownership. But you look at these fringe pieces, the, the Paul Richardsons in the world, who has a touchdown in his past two games, even the Case Keenum, if he comes back in his, in his foot thing today, was, is no big deal. Uh, I mean, these fringe pieces of this game are, are, there, are guys that can all hit, and they're just pennies on a dollar, you know, in this game. Yeah, it feels like the Giants side is going to be relatively popular, whereas the Washington side won't be popular at all. Dago, where are you going on Washington? I think it's a week we can actually feel very confident in Terry McLaurin. Uh, he receives that price bump, just like what happened in week two, whenever the Oakland Raiders actually weren't priced up after Monday night football. So Terry McLaurin now, as we just talked about with the Giants, uh, the most points allowed, fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Terry McLaurin's salary stayed the same. And in the first two weeks, Terry McLaurin smashed, smashed by double digit points, his dollar per expectation. And now we get this game, and he leads the Washington Redskins in target share and air yard share. So it's just such an easy both cash game and tournament play. That's uh, just amazing. You know, Reeves, I feel like Daigle is missing one part of the Silva back, though. Because do you know who Silva would be saying to play in Washington, right? Oh, I missed uh, a <laughs> who? Wait, wait, Reeves, come on. You know this, right? On Washington? Yeah. No. He'd be saying Big Vern. Oh, Big uh, Vern. Yeah, yeah, he does love Big Vern. How have you guys both missed Big Vern? You guys are breaking my heart. I thought that was the biggest layup of the show. All right, I failed. Yeah. I got to bring back more props next oh, week. Oh, man. Completely failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Big Vern's out there. He's out there exercising these past few weeks. So yep. he definitely, you know, he had the 48-yard touchdown in week one. But outside of that, he's been below, he's been outside of the top 20 scoring tight end. But he's out there running over 30 pass routes a game. No, he's on the he's on the OJ Howard exercise plan. Like, congratulations, yeah. Vernon Davis. All right, let's move on. Let's talk Kansas City at Detroit. And you know, we were joking before the show where we said this is the pick four show because we're just going to play talk about a Cardinals game. We're going to talk about a Chiefs game every single week. But here we are. Kansas City did a well enough job against Baltimore last week. Um, and obviously, I want to start with the Chiefs side because. We don't know what's going to happen with these running backs yet. Right now, LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams, they're both questionable. Damian Williams did not practice today. And if somehow they both were to miss, Daryl Williams, in my opinion, becomes a top play on the whole slate as far as point per dollar goes. But, Reeves, what are you looking at with this Chiefs side? Yeah, I think you, you laid that out nice for Daryl Williams. We saw him be the guy, you know, coming into last week. We had an inkling that McCoy was probably going to go, but we just wanted to see how they were going to use Darwin Thompson and Daryl Williams behind him and – Darwin Thompson was not used. Uh, it was all Darrell Williams. I mean, he led the team in snaps. You know, he played 37 snaps. Darwin Thompson played just five snaps. Uh, he turned those snaps. Darrell Williams did into 14 touches, 109 yards. I mean, Shady re-aggravated that ankle later in the game. It was Shady who had the two touchdowns. Uh, so, I mean, you still got, you know, McCoy in the paint there. So, but if, if McCoy isn't able to go, I mean, yeah, Darrell Williams would elevate. I still think he's interesting even if McCoy plays because he's, they're, it's going to be basically him and Daryl Williams, you know, kind of splitting time. Uh, but I mean, the Chiefs side is just business as usual. I mean, uh, I saw a lot of people floating out, you know, Mahomes is first is his first NFL game indoors. Like his splits already aren't amazing enough. Yeah, like, like who so, cares? This... Like, like <laughs> he's he's. I mean, he's already he's thrown three or more passing touchdowns in seven straight road games. It's an NFL record. Like so, he's going to throw four to five like because it's indoors. I mean, just. Um, he's a guy that doesn't need much juice, uh, you know, to more, more uh, elevation, you know, statistically. Uh, but, you know, it's just like I said, pumped down the line. I think the, probably the most interesting guy is, is probably still Sammy Watkins, uh, just based on how the last two weeks have gone. You know, we've got two weeks now where he didn't score, but we got touchdowns from Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman, who's kind of been that odd man out in terms of fantasy scoring. Um, but he still has had uh, – he's had 18 targets – 
um, you know, the total in those games uh, where Hardman and Robinson have combined for 12. Uh, so I mean, he's still getting all those. He's at, he's at, uh, uh, yeah, they've combined for 12 and nine targets in those games. Yeah. That eight, yeah, he's 18, eight. Uh, so I mean, you, he, Darius Slay has been getting killed. He had the great interception against the. Dude, he's so Allen. And he, and he's hurt, and he's hurt too. Like we don't even know he's a play. He got hurt in the Philadelphia game. Uh, they've allowed really strong games to opposing lead receivers. You know, Keenan Allen got him. Larry Fitzgerald, Aguilar, those are guys that also move around in the slot a little bit more than Sammy Watkins. But I mean, he's kind of been the guy that's been like hasn't had his hand in the cookie jar the past two weeks, and we know that that's not something that's going to continue in this Chiefs offense. Eventually, everyone get some of that pie yeah exactly it's uh like the pick six we're all going to get there eventually Dagle, like is sammy watkins your favorite guy here because i look you can play robinson Miko hardman travis kelsey feels like he might just almost be an afterthought like i can't help but think that kelsey's going to be a little lower on than he should be with all the tight end value Dagle, where are you looking at here i had to uh take it off mute my bad uh, one, okay. I'm out of props, so everyone lower your expectations for oh. the show. Completely. I only had three jokes in me. <laughs> he got up. The people that listen to the podcast, by the way, are going to be very confused with the audio version of this tomorrow. Extremely confused if you oh, yeah. watch, watch the video. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think two of them are left wide open. The Lions made a concerted effort to shut down Zach Ertz last week. And I think they did that because they knew without Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, the Eagles had nowhere to go. So it comes down to how you believe they're going to attack the Chiefs. And if they do that again, if they, as they did against Zach Ertz, literally double coverage Travis Kelsey every single snap, then that puts Darius Slay on someone. And I'm not worried about Darius Slay, as y'all just said, but let's just assume he, he's able to take out Demarcus Robinson or one of the outside receivers. Then that leaves two wide open. Because Darius Slay can't keep up with Nicole Hardman. It's just not possible. And Darius Slay, he can move to the slot. But if he does, he just got bullied by Keenan Allen in the slot. And Sammy Watkins has the highest slot rate among the Chiefs receivers. So he'll just get bullied again in the shallows. So two guys are going to be left open. And yes, my bet is Sammy Watkins and Nicole Hardman in this game. Yeah, I like them too. But I mean, it's this is just one of those offenses you need exposure to. Like, mm-hmm. Don't come in here fading the Chiefs. I really... I really hope that LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams are both banged up. And Reeves, like you were talking about, like everybody's talking about LaShawn McCoy's big game last week. Darrell Williams, like, it seemed like he – LaShawn McCoy got the higher value plays, but Darrell Williams was right there as far as snaps and touches go. On the Lions side, I mean, Kenny Galladay last week. Like, Reeves, WTF, because Galladay just broke my heart, man. I had him everywhere. Yeah, same. I had him in, on both sites uh, in my cash line up there. Uh, yeah, two for 17. I mean, he did sub 25% of the team targets. He's now at eight or more targets in every game this season. But, you know, that's always a little little scary uh, when, you, when you have a floor game like that, um, especially since he crushed the week before yeah. against the team that held DeAndre Hopkins to nothing this week. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the Chiefs have kind of fared pretty well against lead wideouts. You know, Marquise Brown had two for 49, left a lot of yards on the field uh, in that game. Lamar did. I mean, Tyrell had five for 46. He had the touchdown against some pretty modest yardage the past two weeks. Uh, so maybe that opens up, you know, for a guy like Marv to come back and have another good game. I mean, Marv, <laughs> after week one, he had, but the last two weeks, he had 20% of the team targets in week two, 28% of the team targets uh, last week. Uh, we know he's a guy that gets those big vertical targets too. So, I mean, he's, he, he's got to be on the board. I mean, listen, when, we're, when we play the chiefs, I mean, it's like all hands on deck. We talked about the Cardinals are the, are the boat, the, the tide that raises all ships. I mean, the chiefs are in a similar situation. It's just that the chief side, uh, you want to play more than the Cardinal side where the Cardinals make everyone else better. Uh, the chiefs are, 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 are you want, don't want to ignore the chief side. I feel like a lot of people, when we talk about these chiefs games, it's business we always say business as usual with the Chiefs but we kind of ignore them and we get enamored with the other side of the Chiefs too often uh whereas you know it's like hey you know dummy focus on these guys these are the guys scored all points uh so I mean yeah, yeah. so I mean, and when you have a team like the Lions who are mostly you know a team that, that, that typically plays slower and doesn't score a lot of points on their own uh you know you can't you don't want to get caught into that trap like you know, of playing some of these guys like we did with the Raiders a couple weeks ago when they all were super cheap uh you know and even um uh, last week with the Ravens guys, none of those guys popped. You know, Mark Ingram popped, and that was it. He was the only guy that hit. So I mean, you, get, you know, just I don't, I don't want to just. They, these guys are intriguing, and they're great for game stacks. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, 
Uh, if you want to get cute and, and play, you know, TJ Hawkinson and try to chase, chase a touchdown, he's been blocking way more the past weeks than he did in week one. Uh, you can, but I mean, just focus on the team that's scoring all the points, which is the team uh, in Kansas City. Well, when I, you know, when I look at this Lions team, like I want to touch too on Carryon Johnson because he's somebody that, look, he's becoming more involved. Obviously, no, you know, CJ Anderson there. Dago, like the Chiefs have struggled against running backs this year. What do you think about Carryon? Yeah, so Carryon's yard per carry isn't popping because they just continue running him into eight-man boxes. But like last week, as we saw, C.J. Anderson's midweek release, we just assumed that Ty Johnson, the explosive rookie, would handle those carries behind Carryon Johnson. But it wasn't the case. Carryon Johnson played nearly all of their third down snaps. Carryon Johnson was used in the passing game and played 80% of their snaps as a whole and had a career-high 20 carries. Like they're going to use him. Uh, the Lions have allowed, and overtime is baked into this, but it's still, they're changing offensive scheme. Like Jim Bob Cooter out. We thought we liked Cooter. It turns out we don't because Stafford That's is not now, something we can say on air. <laughs> Stafford now is actually top five in uh, air yards per attempt. They're going downfield with him more. Um, so perhaps that helps out carry on Johnson, but either way, he is in the best position to to blow up finally finally in this game no matter how they use him yeah like to me carry on feels like he's got a really high ceiling and floor here and the price tag only 5.4 on DraftKings when you factor in the pass catching reads like he's somebody that I'm going to have a lot more interest in carry on Johnson than the field I think yeah he's re- he's pretty cheap too on both sites uh both of the main sites like I said we, we would like a little more pass game involvement he's just the six targets on the year last week he still only had the one catch um, but you guys nailed it, though. I mean, he got the big bump and snaps, uh, and then he's going to be at home against the Chiefs defense that is allowing 6.2 yards per carry to opposing backfields uh, to start the season. And we saw last week, you know, with Mark Ingram, you know, there's there's touchdown potential, you know, uh, in these games. So, I mean, if you – those are the guys that win since. You talked about Mark Ingram being a great tournament play last week because multiple touchdown opportunity, and that's the boat he's going to be in this week. Man, freaking Mark Ingram, man. I just don't even want to – I don't want to talk about that. Like, I'm still waiting on my Justin Sill shares to get there. We got time, Reeves. You and I got times, buddy. All right, let's move on to Seattle at Arizona. Of course, every week here we're probably going to be talking about an Arizona game. When they have a bye week, we still might talk about playing against them. It's a 48-point total. Seattle, five-point favorites uh, on the road. And Daigle, last week we saw vintage Russ Wilson. Now, it was all in garbage time. If you had him for the first two and a half quarters, you were not feeling great. And of course, he ended up with over 40 DraftKings points. So, Dagle, I assume we're going back to the well here with Russ. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's aggravating because you know what's going to happen. They're going to come out in the first quarter and quote unquote establish the run as they always do. No offense. Is that another Silva? Throwback no, right there? Actually, I wasn't trying, but that's a good one. That's a really good one, actually. Uh, uh, But no, like that's what they do. They are the slowest starting offense in the league on purpose because they continue to just handcuff Russell Wilson until they absolutely need to. And this is an obvious smash spot. The Cardinals allowing the third most opponent plays per game. Um, It's it's Russell Wilson. It is Tyler Lockett, who the last two weeks, I believe, is number two in targets and number seven in air yards among all receivers. And uh, the most obvious uh, streamer and DFS play, like, and I'll let Reeves talk about it. It's so obvious, but it's Will Disley. Will the thrill, baby. I mean, it's, I, I'm uncomfortable with Will Disley chalk week, uh, but <laughs> you should be here. Here we are. The Cardinals just getting torched by tight ends and Reeves. It seems like Russ really trusts Will Disley. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, last week got kind of skewed because remember they got to run one final play with no time on the clock and he threw a touchdown to Will Disley on that play because there's a, it was all garbage time. (laughs) All this whole team is garbage time. But I mean, it's just hard to ignore what all these tight ends have done to Arizona. You remember a few years ago when just teams, it was, it was Arizona was the team uh, and they had a linebacker. I forget who it was. It was, uh, his last name was Washington, I think. Gosh, I can't, his first name's uh, eluding me. But everyone was just like, oh, it's only because he's been out. You know, they're, they're yeah. so much better when he plays. It was the same dude that got busted for like, he got like, he had like a, a bunch of drug charges like two years in a row. Yeah, that was me. Sorry. Darryl, was it Daryl Washington? Does that sound well, right? I mean, it was Daryl Washington because I used All to right. go to a bar that his brother watched football at. <laughs> what? 
that's a, that's word story. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's how Daigle got his stash. I understand. <laughs> well, uh, look yeah. at it. I mean, they've, so the week one, the first career game of TJ Hawkinson allowed six catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson hasn't been heard from since the last two weeks. Like he's, he's just gone. Uh, then they allow, you know, eight for 112 and a touchdown and then six for 75 and two touchdowns last week. Uh, you know, to, to Mark Andrews and Greg Olson. Now, is Disley in the in the the bag of all those guys? Is he as good as those guys in terms of getting vertical targets? So those are all guys that can get downfield and like stretch plays. Uh, but I mean, you, it's hard to ignore this. And then you talk about them trading Nick Vanette in the middle of the week, uh, a guy who was running almost nearly he he was running as many pass routes per game as Disley was. So you're getting an elevation in terms of usage. Are uh, everything just lining up? for Will Disley to be the most popular play and he doesn't cost anything at a position that we don't like to really sink our teeth into anyways. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be popular and it's really hard to ignore him. Yeah. And you know, another guy that's going to be, I, I'm not sure he's going to be popular. Like Chris Carson, the entire narrative right now is, Oh, he can't hold on to the football. His job might be in jeopardy. I kind of don't really believe that his job is in jeopardy. Like they've spent all off season talking up Chris Carson, you know, the coaching staff, even though they drafted Rashad Penny early, they very clearly don't like Rashad Penny. Like, Diggler, are you still on Chris Carson here? It's now or never, and the narrative has now become, it's an obvious squeaky wheel week. Uh, Chris Carson, over 230 touches at Oklahoma State, he fumbled twice, once per season. Wasn't an issue. And now all of a sudden this season, he's averaged a fumble every 13.7 touches. Rashad Penny popped up on the injury report on Wednesday with that lingering hamstring injury that he was ruled out for last week, despite it supposedly not being a big deal. But the coaching staff, his teammates, the front office, like it's crazy. They're rallying around him as if he has like a, a terminal disease. But it's, <laughs> he's, just, he's just fumbled. But all of them have come out and said like, no, like we support our teammate. Like this is Chris Carson week. And so I think especially how down the entire industry and everyone is just from what he's done so far. I think it is a reason to go back. And as we know, as DFS players go running it back after down performances, despite touches, like that's a terrific strategy. Yeah. And you know, the price tag here at 5.7 K is not prohibitive at all. So like Reeves, are you going to be going back to Mr. Carson? It's tough. I mean, it, he's definitely the the more contrarian, lower owned guy. That's that's there to be like the game that to, to, to take a unique angle on it. There's no doubt about it, and we know there's scoring upside there, and there's potential if they get a lead. You know, assuming Penny is out, you know, uh, with that hamstring injury, or he, you know, hamstring injury could re aggravate that during the game. Uh, I think the thing that I, that just frustrates me about Chris Carson in this whole situation is that they're just clearly better without running their offense through Chris Carson. And, you know, yeah, that's been the case I, I forever, mean, though. They still do it. Yeah, I know. It's frustrating. Chris Carson has 29, 32 carries from on runs from guard to guard. He averages 1.1 yard per carry on those touches. He's not doing anything with the type of uh, rushing volume he's getting. Early in the season, they tried to throw him the ball a ton, but he's not the type of, of running back you get, you flood targets to. That may that enhance your passing game. He's a guy who just gets tertiary dump offs. CJ Prosites is a guy that can get those types of targets uh, if they decide to use him more, like they did at the end of last week. He's he's getting vertical targets, lining up at wide receiver. That's when you want to throw to your running backs. Uh, that's when running back targets are, val- are valuable. You, you know, when Brian Schottenheimer says, "I'm going to throw the running backs more," dumping it down two yards behind the line of scrimmage to Chris Carson isn't the answer, <laughs> especially when you have Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, and when we see the. I understand it was all garbage time, but we saw it the week before against the Steelers as well. When they're playing the type of game where they're allowing Russ to play and push the ball vertically, that's when they're at their best because, hey, their best player is Russell Wilson. Their, their best player is Russell Wilson. Uh, so, I mean, it's frustrating. They're, they're the, like the team that just drives me crazy the most. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to be unique, it's, it's definitely Chris Carson to, to run it back. Uh, you know, I think that we'll see, you know, obviously Russ is going to be popular. Uh, we're not, we're not going to get him to throw 50 times. We don't need him to throw 50 times against the Cardinals. Uh, like I said, their team, they're already 30th in passing yards allowed per game. They're 31st in passing points allowed per game. Russ has been moving around a little bit more now too. He had the two rushing touchdowns last week. He ran a little bit in that Steelers game for a few first downs. So we like to see that because last year he scram- his scramble rate was the lowest of his career and nearly 3% lower uh, than his career rate. So we like to see him moving around a little bit more too. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, all those Seattle guys, I think are gonna be pretty popular except for Carson. So I mean, he's the unique way uh, to get at that offense if you want. Yeah. I mean, the guy that I kind of like is DK Metcalf and I'm looking at him projected ownership a little less than 10% right now. Now, of course that can still change between now and Sunday, but he's somebody big play guy. And we know Arizona, I mean, this is going back years. They have struggled with the deep ball without Patrick Peterson. They've got nobody to cover DK Metcalf. I like Metcalf a lot this week. You know, we've been talking about, the Seattle side and Dega, we've kind of we haven't really even touched on the Arizona side because this is a team that's going to be throwing a ton. Obviously, Kyler Murray, he's not dead yet, so that's a nice thing. But how do you choose between these guys? You got Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, David Johnson. Like he seems a little bit too cheap for me. Dega, where are you going with this Arizona side? Last week, it wasn't too much of an issue because Kirk and Fitzgerald were priced so similarly. But this week, Fitzgerald has his salary has risen, especially on DraftKings. I think I believe he's 500 more now. So uh, if you choose between them, I think it, the obvious answer is Kirk, 12, at least 12 targets in two or three games so far. Um, the thing about Kirk, though, especially when you're considering his cash game value, he's almost become Jarvis Landry of Miami, where you're paying for the floor because his ceiling, like we think he's a better player, but in this offense, his ADOT is so shallow that perhaps he's not. Maybe you just take your eight to 10 catches and you just call it a day if his salary continues to sink. But uh, for me, it's Christian Kirk. And then your wild play, if you're playing the Millie Maker and you sprinkle him in, it's Demir Bird. Demir Bird, despite two targets last week, led the Cardinals wide receivers in snaps played with 72 and tied Fitzgerald and Kirk in routes run. He's on the field every single play. Maybe he's under that Chris Hogan workout plan where he's just running sprints up and down and that's it. But he's on the field every play for an offense that throws and likes to throw almost every play. Yeah, I'm finally just getting exposure to these guys because, you know, the team total seems low. We kind of talked about it last week where the team total or the entire game total seemed really low. And I, I kind of did a 180 because I was like, oh, it seems a little, it seems too good to be true. Vegas knows something. I'm just not going to mess with this game. And obviously that was a, you know, what disaster, but Reeves, where are you looking at with Arizona? Because again, like all these guys, I think are in play. Yeah. One thing I noticed Demir Bird did miss practice today with a hamstring injury uh, and they did cut Michael Crabtree. So, I mean, keep an eye on that. It looks like Trent Sherfield will be the next man up if, if uh, that happened. He dropped a touchdown last week where's Keyshawn uh, Johnson where's Key and Keyshawn and Keyshawn well Keyshawn Johnson is the Crabtree role in it but I'm saying in play if Bird can't play the Sherfield will take his spot. we really just need uh, Andy <laughs> Isabella to get thrown in there already honestly. how bad does Andy, Andy Isabella have to be that they can't even turn him <laughs> and he's what they need he's what they need because I've already three weeks in I've already changed it it's the horizontal rates like it's not the air raids they throw the football <laughs> sideways it's all like wide mesh stuff and shallow crosses. They don't throw the football down the field at all. Um, they have the old Madden playbook, man. That's that's how you won in Madden back in the day. You'd run it's that. all it's all yak generated. I mean, you look at Kyler. He has the most pass attempts, the second most completions of any quarterback in his first three starts in NFL history. But he's 18th in passing yards, 55th in yards for pass attempts, 6.1 yards of that same group. Uh, the offensive line has has been a problem. The thing with the Cardinals is they've given us spurts every game where there's a reason for us to believe in the upside of this offense, but they've never given us four quarters in any of these games to, to buy in. They've given us just a quarter and a half, like every week of like, yes, this is working. And then they give us two and a half quarters of disaster. And that's what happened again last week. It all fell apart in the second half. Uh, you know, we just need a game where it really all clicks and comes together uh, for this offense to unlock some of the ceilings of these guys. Cause like John said, it's really been playing these guys just based on cost and getting the floor. And just, you know, kind of hoping what we get. I mean, you look at the the target share of, you know, Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, and it's just mm -hmm. insane, but you're not getting these high ceiling games. And Fitz does have 200-yard games on his belt, but you're not getting the, the full upside. Like I said, if they're doing this for four quarters, that's when you start to see the crazy numbers, you know, start to pile up at some of these prices. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, David Johnson is a guy that just, I mean, you know, Todd Gurley's taking a lot of flack. You know, one of the things we talked about, Todd Gurley, you know, coming this offseason of all the sides of the coin that were thrown around, never once was the side really discussed that Todd Gurley was just going to be bad at football like he's been. But if you yeah. watch David Johnson, he looks worse than Todd Gurley moving around. He's broken two tackles on, on 36 carries running the football. That's it. Like, he's moving around as he bad looks, as Todd Gurley. He looks slow. 
he looks he's slow just, to me when I watch. And they're not using him in the passing game. Like he's getting passing game targets, but like I said, it's in the horizontal raid. Uh, the first week he got a downfield target against the Lions, but everything else has just been these, you know, underneath type targets. We want to see him get used like he was a few years ago. We we want that. Like so, we want that ceiling. Right now, we're strictly playing guys from the Cardinals because they've been underpriced for their floor. But we haven't got any ceilings from these guys yet, and um, I don't know how much longer I can keep chasing those ceilings. Yeah, you mentioned David Johnson. I mean, only one target in week two, but in weeks one and three, seven and nine targets. Again, not down the field. You know, if you're not playing PPR, you can't play David Johnson. Like, if it's a non-PPR league or half-point PPR league, if you're playing on FanDuel, I think you just move on. But I still... I'm just going to still be in a sucker, man. I'm just going to keep doing it because that's how I roll sometimes. All right, let's talk about some of the value running backs. We already talked about Wayne Gallman and Daryl Williams potentially in tournaments if uh, all the injuries happen in KC. Dago, when we talk about some cheap running backs, is there anybody that really stands out for you as somebody that you say, I have to have this guy? Uh, like you said, we hit on on Johnson. He's one of my favorite ones at just 5,400 on DraftKings. But going cheaper than that, I like Justin Jackson a lot at 4,100. Yes, 100. yes. Um, I know our segment is supposed to be the Chargers later, but I got to get Justin Jackson out of the way because I'm excited for Justin Jackson week. Like this is a Dolphins team who is pacing to be historically bad in every category across the board since the merger. Like they are uh, well ahead of every other horrible defense we've seen ever in history, point differential, every category. And now we get Justin Jackson behind Austin Eckler. Melvin Gordon returned from his holdout, but he's not playing this week, so we're not concerned with it. But the past, the running backs, the backups that Miami has faced so far, because they just trail and get down in every single game. Week one, Gus Edwards had 17 carries. Uh, Week two, Rex Burkett and James White combined for, I think it was eight carries and six targets. And then last week, we saw Tony Pollard smash on 13, 100, and a touchdown. And now you get Justin Jackson in the game that the Chargers are obviously favored by a lot. And so uh, they're going to look to lean on him. Justin Jackson, yards per carry is not a stat. I typically throw out because it doesn't matter. It's not sticky. But the fact he leads every running back in yards per carry among those with at least 15 carries means something. Yeah, no, I'm definitely on team Justin Jackson this week. Reeves, are you going to make it three for three? Yeah, I mean, I'm down. He's had had back-to-back games where he's had a touchdown called back to – so, I mean, we keep losing a touchdown from him uh, each week. And, you know, last week, too, he played, you know, he's coming off a season high, 28 snaps. Uh, so, only the nine touches. We would like a little bit more, but I would say we all agree he's going to get more than nine yeah. touches in this game. Uh, you know, Miami's dead last. They're allowing 25.8 rushing points per game, 213.3 yards per scrimmage per game to opposing backfields. Uh, they have a lot of franchise, career high, 624 rushing yards through three games. Uh, it's, I mean, I, we don't really have to like move too much with too much data here to just suggest that the Chargers are going to win by a lot uh, and they're going to hand the ball off a lot in the second half of the game. All right. So is there any other cheap running backs that you're interested in Reeves that maybe we haven't talked about? I mean, I don't know necessarily cheap, like there's no like guys you want to go cheap. I think there's some interesting guys this week, you know, cause it's not one of these slates where we have just like where we're just going to play the top three guys. You know, we've got Zeke on Sunday night. Um, you know, so we lost Saquon. So, I mean, we've got, we've got McCaffrey. If you want to pay for McCaffrey, it's not any trouble to get him in. But we don't, we don't have, like, where it's like, let's get two of these guys in, team jam them in. You know, now we've, had a, we've got to delve into that area of running backs we usually gloss over. So who are we playing out of that group of, you know, uh, the Nick Chubbs, the Marlon Mack? Marlon Mack is who we're playing for this week. That's this right, baby. The Marlon Mack week yep. I've ever seen. Big favorite at home <laughs> against a team that can't stop him. T.Y. Hilton's questionable, so you know they're not going to be throwing a lot. I, Reeves, you're shaking your head. Dago, I mean, this is the easiest Marlon Mack week ever, right? We've talked about it. Like, Marlon Mack – his numbers and targets wise don't match Naheem Hines, but he's now run, I believe it's over 40 routes more than Hines. It's coming. And this is the week is I agree with both of y'all. It's probably coming this week. All right. Well, we're going to talk about the chargers now because obviously we, you know, Austin Eckler, he's really expensive. I don't think he's going to pay off that price tag, even though I'm sure he has a really big floor reads. Let's talk about this chargers game because they're a team that obviously big time team total great matchup. What are you doing with the uh, chargers today? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be real tough to not keep playing Keenan Allen. We talked about him last week on the show. 
Uh, you know, he announced typically a guy that'll past few years has been a slow starter, and then he's finished like nuclear, like the second half of the season. And this year, he's flipped it. I mean, he leads all wideouts and you know targets, receptions, yardage through uh, three weeks. And then Daigle hit on it last week. One of the biggest allures is, I mean, he's averaging now 11.8 uh, depth of target, uh, 11.8 yards per average depth of target. He hasn't had an eight out over 9.3 yards since his rookie season. So, I mean, they're using him as this, like, full-fledged, like, all-around jack-of-all-trades receiver, not just a guy that gets pumped volume through the slot and intermediate, intermediate targets. He's getting big gains. He's getting touchdown production. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week with, too, with, uh, you know, the Xavier Howard thing. It's not really – he's a guy either. Like, he, he's not a guy we really are worried about. Um, he, and then when he moves in the slot, he's completely lost, where – Keenan Allen runs 40% of his routes. You see him on that route. He guarded Amari in the slot where he ran in a circle and like wasn't even in the, in the play uh, last week. You know, it's just, he's just not a guy we worry about. I think Xavier Howard's a fine player and he's, he's a solid player, but definitely one of the better players the Dolphins have. But like when we talk about these cornerback wide receiver matchups, man, we go down the, the rabbit hole too far on a lot of these guys. And Xavier Howard's definitely one of those guys. We are not worried about Xavier Howard guarding Keenan Allen. Uh, by any means uh, and then you look at the passing production they've given up you know just a quarterback plays I mean Phil Riv is priced at a really solid spot I mean he's third in the league in passing yards through three weeks uh, Miami's allowed the QB1 the QB4 and the QB7 through three games um, and then if there's going to be any other piece of that that trickles down I mean Mike Williams mispracticed again it's, it seems to be a thing with this guy every week um, but he was all the way over his knee injury and we thought we were beyond that because he played 93 percent of the team snaps last week the interesting thing, too, about Mike Williams, he only had 10 fewer air yards than Keenan Allen last week. Keenan Allen had 10 more targets than he did. So, I mean, he's another one of those guys. I think Mike Williams and Will Fuller, he's just in that bucket still where, like, I'm going to keep nibbling at the apple uh, just because I don't want to be off the off the boat when it finally you know, docks. Sorry about that, guys. We're back. Did you miss me? Nothing. Uh, Reeves just was professional and kept on talking until you came on. See, like, that's what Reeves we're, is, man. We're, like, radio, we're both radio professional. I was going to take it from there, honestly. And you guys are back. just studs. Like, what is going on here? All right, sorry. Go ahead, Dag. I don't even know where y'all are at. Uh, so basically, Reeves talked about everyone. He took my Mike Williams points because you were already gone. So just summary for you and everyone else. Mike Williams was injured. And then last week, he came back and he played 93% of snaps, number eight in air yards among all wide receivers. Uh, and like Reeves said, five fewer air yards than Keenan Allen. And that's the play that everyone's still down on because he didn't have the production last week. He's going to have production this week. And if he doesn't, you're still buying in, at the very least, to downfield shots. It's, it's just betting on obvious high-end opportunity. All right. Well, let's move on to our last topic. Let's talk some quarterbacks because we already talked about Daniel Jones. And I think if you're saving money this week, it is to play Daniel Jones. Like he's just too cheap over on DraftKings. FanDuel is a different story. Reeves, who are your, some of your favorite quarterbacks? Like, are you trying to spin up for Mahomes this week? What are you doing at quarterback? Yeah, I think we laid it out. I mean, we laid it out with two of the guys we're looking at, Phil Riv and Russ, uh, definitely at their price points. Uh, we got to eventually, too, like I know like, like no one likes to play Matt Ryan. Like no one likes clicking Matt Ryan's name. But the dude has just been like a like phenomenal chalk, especially on DK. He's the QB 12 on DK. He's priced up as the QB 5 on FanDuel. But on DK is where we want to play him because – Matt Ryan's thrown for 300 yards now um, in four straight games going back to last year. He has 20 or more DK points in seven straight games dating back to last year. It's the longest streak in the league. And he's 5,900 on, on DK. He, but, like, you know, he's just, like, a guy that, like, produces for fantasy, but it's always in, like, kind of a weird fashion. Like, last week he threw, like, that one awful interception. Dude, he, he's thrown an awful like, interception in, like, two or three weeks this year. Like it's just, But he keeps I, hitting for fantasy because they can't really run the football, and he just stacks yardage and touchdowns. And Julio is on a career's worth tear of touchdown regression right now. Like, <laughs> he's just he's just, he's just just melting touchdowns. He's, he's skying over dudes for touchdowns. He's catching touchdowns he shouldn't catch uh, at this point. You know, but uh, Matt Ryan has been uh, – Really ripping, especially on DK's underpriced. And then the last guy I'll just hit on um, that's priced in that range with Wilson and, and Rivers, if you want to pivot off, is, is Jared Goff. Uh, just, you know, at home, he's been a top 12 fantasy option in eight of his past nine games at home, you know, including a QB8 week in week two against the Saints. Now, he did have a QB sneak for a touchdown in that game. The Bucks, I think teams are starting to figure out the Bucks three weeks in that they are a pass funnel. 
And yeah. we didn't really see that coming in, but um, I had a tweet about it today about Todd Bowles. You look at Todd Bowles' history and his scheme. It's been really good against the run historically. Uh, he had a couple of like Jets schemes where like game script was just so bad that they couldn't stop the run. The final couple of years where he was the Jets. But they've now faced Christian McCaffrey, a half of Saquon Barkley and a half of Wayne Gallman, and the 49ers running game that's run on everyone since. Yeah. Uh, and they're allowing, you know, they've allowed 160 rushing yards to those backfields through three games. But now the Giants just said, screw it. We're going to throw every play. Uh, and, and part of that was game script induced. But, they, you know, we're starting to see the passing yard. They don't have the cornerbacks to stack up and, and play a game. Like the Eagles don't. The Eagles want to devote all this effort into stopping the run, and the Bucks are doing the same. But they don't have the secondary to, to line up and play man coverage. Like, you know, Vernon, Vernon Davis, you know, Carl Davis. Like these dudes can't – these dudes are not corners that are going to line up. They, they're giving up bombs to Darius Slayton, you know, Sterling Shepard's the world. Like, uh, like they, now they face a Rams team that's going to live in 11 personnel with Cooper Cup, you know, Robert Woods and, and Brandon Cooks. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, golf is in a really good spot this week. And that, game, that game's going to be high tempo. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you mentioned Jared Goff, and my goodness, he was not even close on my radar. But here we are looking at it, and, you know, golf at home against a team that's a pass funnel at maybe 2% ownership. You pair him up with – I don't know who you pair him up with. He has three great options there, but I think it's really interesting. Dagle, who are some of the other quarterbacks you're looking at? Well, since we are all – for thinkers here at Roto Grinders and Roto World and Sharp Football. Let's try and set the people up for success as Reeve did last week by hinting and nudging at Kyle Allen week in cash. Let's say, because this isn't rhetorical, I actually want to know y'all's thoughts. Uh, let's say Case Keenum, foot injury and a boot right now is ruled out, and you have Dwayne Haskins against the Giants defense sitting there at below minimum on the road in a divisional game with a great matchup, though. Like, is that – I'm genuinely asking this as well. Is that a cash game play? God, yeah, why, so why not, man? Yeah. I mean, he's in, a, he's in a spot where you have a team that has the, is the wor- one of the worst pass rushes in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, I mean, the, the interesting thing is that uh, I'm curious for season long how it'll play out. And I don't know if you guys have talked about it on the podcast with Josh and the, the guys, but uh, how good Case Keenum has been for Terry McLaurin. And I know a lot of people are going to draw on the shower narrative of Wayne Askins with Terry McLaurin. We saw how that went with James Washington. <laughs> but but Case Keenum is, is one of those guys that like legitimately is like really good in an ugly game. And we saw it on Monday night. He can tur- like, if Dwayne Haskins has five turnovers against the bears, is he going to have a five turnover game and still throw over 300 yards? Like, probably not. <laughs> so I asked that because I was actually going to load up Case Keenum in cash at his price below minimum. Yeah, uh, I don't mind it. Yeah. And so uh, Dwayne Haskins, I think I go back to. Eric, your thoughts. I'm the host now. Dude, I don't want to play Dwayne Haskins. Like, I don't want to put <laughs> yeah, my real yeah. money on Dwayne Haskins. That just sounds terrible. Like, I, here, you, you host. I knew you wanted a better answer than that, but come on, Dwayne. I think the, the legit risk you run with Keenum and it's if you're streaming him as well because it's an objectively a good matchup and it's a game that we already talked about you know we want to circle for it to have some upside is you just have to like understand that there is probably a foot in the door of him getting pulled at any given moment yeah it's like like Janus Winston last year (laughs) if Canem's healthy this week like I don't go back to him but before the actual boot news I was like when I started the research on Monday I was like oh Keenum against the Giants that's easy like done and done but now the whole injury thing, if he sits for Dwayne Haskins, that's where I was thinking. Okay, I, I guess – go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, and I, I know the chat has already looked at it as well. So I just wanted to get everyone's thoughts on it before I put all my investment into Dwayne Haskins. I, I guess my argument for, against is that Daniel Jones is only 600 bucks more over on – That's a good point. That's pretty right. much all you need to hear. Yeah, and I, I just – like, I get it, like, but I can't imagine that 600 bucks – is going to be worth it for me to go from Danny Dimes to uh, Dwayne Haslam. I love, by the way, that we're all of a sudden, I'm just sitting here. Yeah, Daniel Jones and Cash, big deal. No problem. Like after one good game. I mean, it feels like, I don't know, Reeves, maybe are we are overreacting a little bit to Danny Dimes. Uh, I mean, maybe for the ceiling, like expecting 36 points is probably lofty again. But I mean, the fact that they lost Saquon is a feather in the cap of they've got to lean on this guy. You know, they're not going to turn over and lean on Wayne Gallman. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, it's it's going to be a situation where Daniel Jones is going to be thrust into doing what he did in the second half of that game without Saquon. Uh, and, you know, maybe they have a little more balance, and maybe he doesn't have a perfect quarterback rating against pressure like he did last week. 
but you know, hey, like you don't have to add. We're not gonna. We don't have to get thirty six out of him. All right. Well, guys, that's going to do it for us, but I cannot possibly end by talking about Dwayne Haskins versus Daniel Jones. So, Daniel, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, Roto World Football Podcast on iTunes, as well as Sunday Morning Show, Noon Eastern, where I'm actually a TV professional on NBC Sports and YouTube and Twitch, and I don't wear checkered patterns that look terrible on video like I did that's, tonight. That, that's rough, man. Like, I can see it right now. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm tripping out just watching this. Thing. I'm the one on TV among us three, and yet I'm the idiot of all us three. Yeah, that, that's, that, we call that a humble brag in the business. We, you know, we call it a donkey <laughs> is what we call it. <laughs> Reeves, where can the people find you? Yeah, you know, uh, you find me on Twitter. I'm at Sharp Football doing all the work uh, throughout the week. You know, the worksheet's up already. You can go check that out. I update that as news progresses throughout the week. Uh, and then still, if you want to use that promo for you guys at Roto Grinders, that Sharp Football, Sharp 25, will net you 25% off anything you want to sign up for. We absolutely smoked last week. Uh, we were perfect on the bet, all, all betting sides. We clean swept, not one miss. Uh, and then we were 9-2 and two on player props giving out. Uh, so definitely if you want to get on board for that stuff, even if you don't want my fantasy stuff and you get enough of me here, uh, you still can if you want. But if you want to uh, delve in and check out some of the betting stuff that's offered even for a week, a month or whatever, use that Sharp 25 promo and get yourself 25% off a, a sub. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys joining me, man. And I, I feel bad because last week I did not give the shout out and the sign off to uh, – Kobe Flaner, Kobe, my apologies. We still love you here on the pick six, but we got to get off here. We got to make way for the pro football focus show coming up with Britt Devine, Daniel Kelly. I'm Eric Crane. He's John Daigle. He's Rich Rebar. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll catch y'all later. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.